Hey, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And sitting next to me in our normal studio, the one, the only, Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. So it's not new normal, it's just normal. Yes. And, and that, that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's really the only time you and I have ever been called normal. Yeah, well, we try. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, yeah, we're, we're back post-quarantine edition mm-hmm. of the Basic Bible Podcast. So we're, we're continuing our series on unquestioned answers. He's getting that right. right. He's getting that right. It should be a little bell or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, and this week we're in chapter 6, and this is one of my pet peeves mm. that I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Yeah. So, I, it, it, I guess that may be one of the reasons why it's in such a mess, at least in <laughs> this country, because... It's more about touchy-feely right. than it is about uh, worshiping and following the God who created us and, and sustains us and uh, redeems us. So why do you think it's so offensive for some Christians when you say that, you know, I'm a religious person? Or, no, no, no. Yeah. I, we, don't, we don't follow religion. We follow Christianity or Christianity's relationship. It seems so offensive to some people. Well, I think it is... Uh, just a backlash against the organized religions, religion that says it's Christian, um, you know, with hierarchies and with the governing boards and people, um, well, I think overshadowing other people. <laughs> I think if if I'm if I'm not mistaken, both of our from denominations or our our backgrounds, both, you know, try to separate from the mainline mm-hmm. denominations. Mm-hmm. You know, I was part of the fundamentalist movement, and you know, look back at the late 1800s, early 1900s, and the modernist controversy. We wanted to leave the mainstream, and and the Campbellites left the the Presbyterian. Denomination, if I'm remembering mm-hmm, correctly. Mm-hmm. See, I learned something from you, right? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All this time, it's good to know at least something's sinking in, but that's that's a minor thing. <laughs> so, I, I think there's a reaction against formalism, right? And liturgy, and, and, and stuffiness, say. and you yeah. know. And it, I mean, personally, I don't have anything wrong with liturgy if it's done. When it's worshipful to God, just like, you know, I mean, and if a relationship can be worshipful to God, then that's okay. But the problem comes in when it's, you know, because it's a relationship, it's, it's like Jesus is my best friend. Right. Instead of Jesus is my Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of, the right relationship with God comes through acknowledging who he is and who Jesus is, the king of the universe, the, you know, the, the one who's, you know, to use a, a relation-y type of thing, mm. the one in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we struggle with that. But I think we struggle more with that if we just view Chris, Christianity as relationship. Not saying it's not that, 
especially with each other. I mean, right. you know, but there are so many people out there that claim they have a relationship with Jesus and they don't want to be a part of the church at all. Right, and that's a problem. And that is a huge problem. How do you say, um, Jesus, I love you, I don't have a relationship with you, but not your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, the whole idea flies in the face of Scripture. Um, there's plenty of uh, opportunity to read about Worship. Anytime worship is talked about, that would be more of a religious thing than yeah, a relational and a corporate thing. thing. And it's a corporate thing, which, you know, <laughs> like you were saying, I mean, how can you separate yourselves from Jesus, who you love, but then don't, uh, not a part of his body? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so that corporate aspect of worship right. is relational, but it's also uh, well, even religion. Looking at you, Ray. I don't want to do that too much. You know. well, no, I, I can understand but, that. But what if I say, Ray, you know, you're a good guy, you're my friend. I hate your wife and I hate your kids. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's not going to be a good uh, friendship. Right. Uh, it, it can't be. Because no. your children and your wife are part of who you are. Right. And that's a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I sometimes I think, Ray, that you put your family ahead of me. Well, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's sort of funny because I think there's some in my family who think I put you ahead of them. But, but when it comes to God, um, you know, your spiritual act of worship, uh, your pure religion that James talks about, and it's interesting what he you know to abstain from idols, but also. To take care of the widows right. and the orphans. James one twenty seven. So it's it becomes a very relational thing right. that you're doing. Has to be. You know, I mean, I, I the the times Jesus speaks out against religion is when it's a false religion or a, right. a, a sham of a religion. And he does like throughout the, the Gospels. He, he condemns the Pharisees oh, yeah. because they have an outward appearance, mm-hmm. but nothing internal. Right. And we want we definitely want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. That that's wrong. It's sinful and it's evil. Right. But um, it, when Jesus was asked about righteousness, he said that you know if you want to earn your salvation, you've got to have a righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He didn't discount. Uh, he, he's not saying you know there's nothing uh, about the law that you need to follow. Just you know forget the law. Just just focus on me. But no, Jesus fulfilled the law so that we could have a relationship with him. Right. And there's a big difference in that. Yeah, there really is. You know, that's one of the things that come to my mind is in Matthew 23, I think, Jesus is saying, woe to the Pharisees, seven or yeah. eight different things. And he said, basically, you know, you did, you did the outward stuff. Yeah. But you didn't do the inner stuff like right. mercy and love and showing kindness and, and that sort of thing. I mean... So I guess what we're ultimately saying is that uh, Christianity is both. Yeah, I like the way that Myers puts it here on page 127. A personal relationship with Jesus comes to life in a religion that gives us true insight into the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe. A worldview that offers hope and healing to the world. And then on the next page he says, A Jesus-focused faith begins with a personal relationship and expands into a set of beliefs about everything that affects everything. Right. And that's that's where the 
American church has fallen so short. Mm. You know, well, the difference is between conversion and disciple making. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've fallen into the trap too of, you know, all I got to do is get them saved. Yeah. And that is a, that is such a narrow view of the whole scheme of things that God has put in place. So what he says is right. The personal relationship with Jesus is just the starting point. Yeah. And Jesus uh, will accept you as you are. Yeah. But he doesn't expect you to stay there. Right. He expects you to grow in him. And part of that, the way that he set it up is to do that growth in the context of corporate uh, life together. Yeah. Which goes far beyond... You know what we a lot of people would consider to be fellowship. It's more than cookies and donuts and coffee and fellowship dinners. Well, as a Baptist, that throw in a casserole and you well, right? Yeah, you know, get some fried chicken on the <laughs> plate. And uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's it has to be more. I mean, that's probably the reason the church in America is in such trouble, and that and then we have. Uh, vestiges of false religion creeping in with uh, Gnostic thinking and with prosperity gospel, which yeah. actually is sort of Gnostic in and of itself. But, you know, the whole escapism and, and all that stuff that is rampant in yeah. our culture, in our churches, and, you know, to, to find a place that expects more right is hugely important i mean we we crave god you know we want to worship god we have that in our being that's part of our our created being is to worship yeah and if it's not going to be true worship true religion through the god of the universe then we're going to find some other place to go right and uh, so, I mean, it might as well be a place that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as you've been talking, I've been trying to look up this book that I remember years ago, and I can't find it. Um, book by Curtis Hudson. Um, oh, it's going to kill me. I believe the title of the book is titled Win Em, Wet Em, and Walk Em Down the Aisle. Mm. And that's basically his approach was, you know, just get them saved, mm -hmm. and uh, that's all you need. And we don't care about anything after. Well, and the problem with it is you can have a thousand or two thousand or three thousand conversions, but then where where are they next week? Yeah, they don't. They're not included in the I remember church fellowship. A church out in Massachusetts, I used to have uh, somewhat of a relationship with. The pastor bragged about how many souls they had won. That that year, and it was over two thousand. Mm. Now, keep in mind, this church was a little less than a hundred people, mm. but they had won two thousand souls to Christ that year. Mm. Of course, of course, that, where that, are they? <laughs> well, that that, and then just the whole idea that they or he won anybody to Christ right, is sort right. of ridiculous. We are just planters and and waterers and so you know we we do that. It's the spirit that saves. Right. It's Christ Himself that saves. It's you're not, sounding like a Calvinist all of a sudden. Uh, well, 
Sometimes the Calvinists have it right. Whoa, okay. We're recording with this. Yes, we are recording this. That's awesome. That's a sound clip I'm going to be playing uh, somewhere for the rest of our lives. Probably. But uh, the other aspect... I want royalties on that. The the other aspect uh, you kind of hit on earlier, but the problem with it's religion, not a relationship. The relationship is all personal, and it's Mm -hmm. all subjective. Right. It's my it's my personal. In fact, we hear this a lot. My personal relationship with God, right. and again, we should have a personal relationship with God. Right. But that personal relationship affects every other part of our lives, and needs to affect our relationships with every other person on the face of the earth. Right. Yeah. I mean, we. If we were to be able to approach our Christian life. With that in mind, we would have a whole lot less problems in the world hmm. when it comes to treating each other like um, image bearers, which we all are. We talked about yeah. this some last week, too. And you know, I just, I don't know, I think part of the problem, of course, part of the problem for the restoration movement I believe was it was birthed in uh, on the frontier just like the Methodist movement was mm. and so even though Alexander Campbell had a high regard for education and whatnot I mean he studied a lot of the original languages and the Bible and stuff but he, there was an anti-intellectualism that came along with yeah. it and uh, you know so I mean that's the problem with the well, that's... liturgy and and that's the same the true is, of my background. Is you yeah. know we, we left the fundamentalists left the mainline denominations, and with that the seminaries, mm-hmm. because the seminaries were all given over to liberalism. You know the fall of Harvard, the fall of Yale, the fall of Princeton, uh, with Princeton with with uh, J. Gresham Machen, and right. so he starts Westminster, and now some people think Westminster have fallen. Now, and so there's a, there's a, like an anti-intellectual strain of fundamentalism mm-hmm. that unfortunately I think today is characterizes the whole movement, which is why I'm not a part of that anymore. Right. Um, but the problem is they they, they had it half right, mm-hmm. you know, um, and yeah, we need to leave the formalism, we need to leave the modernism, as uh, still some fundamentalists are. Uh, bemoaning today, right? Uh, even though we're more in a postmodernist, or maybe even a post-postmodernist well, society today, almost to the point of being <clears throat> pre-Christian, pre-modernity. Yeah, uh, at least when it comes to spiritism and uh, you know just different things. And it's funny because in, in the fundamentalist movement, we wanted all that stuff, but they just they replaced it with a with their own form of legalism. Right. Now it's about, you know, not attending movie theaters or not having women wearing pants or not drinking and not whatever. Um, and it's a whole other list of you check these boxes off mm-hmm. and that's how you have a relationship with God. And that's just as equally as wrong as the, the modernism they left. Well, I talk about it being religion. That's, that's, the, that's yeah. the negative kind of religion right, right there. Um, and then when you, especially when you start checking up on each other, keeping tabs on each other, which is, you know, that's a cultic right. type thing, which is just another word for worship or religion. Yeah. Um, but I know, you know we used to have 
the Mormon missionaries in our home from time to time. And, you know, they just, I met, just thinking, you know, we just, they just need to feel like that they got some people who actually care yeah. about them and stuff. And, and I mean, they couldn't even contact their own parents except one day a week at a specific time. And if they did, then their partner ratted them out. <laughs> and that's just not helpful. Um, you know, they, they would, they would pair up, you know, they, it was expected that they'd do two years mission work, yep. but they would be paired up with somebody, not for the whole two years, but every three months they would switch. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Because they didn't want anybody getting too close to them, each other huh. in order to make them start yeah. walking away from the falseness of yeah that's that's the way i understand why they did it yeah. that way but yeah that's well, crazy and myers compares this to uh a marriage and we kind of used that illustration a few minutes ago but when we get married the wedding fact, I'm, I'm preparing to, to do a wedding uh just a couple weeks that i'm gonna ask your help with that um you didn't know that, but mm. uh, so we're. I'm preparing Where is these, this at? This is in Minnesota. I I don't need help with, oh, with the okay. trip, but anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, so, so yeah, what, so we're preparing these uh, these these this young couple, these two kids, um, for the wedding ceremony, but the wedding ceremony is just the beginning, mm -hmm. and so when you get married, one of the things I try to tell them is your whole life is going to change now. Right. This relationship is only the beginning, and that relationship is going to affect every other relationship you have. It affects how you live your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to be the same anymore, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You want that to happen. Mm -hmm. As he says here, you know, if you just refer to your wife as that person you hang out with from time to time, um, that's not a good marriage. Yeah. And if I just refer to Jesus, he's just a big guy upstairs. He's just my friend. and he, That's not Christianity. Right. So your relationship with Christ will change everything about you. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is to go a little bit farther with the marriage relationship. I've done several weddings. And the focus in our culture is on the day. Yeah. Or and or the honeymoon, right? So they'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars, <clears throat> yeah, of uh, money on those things, and then they want to balk at uh, you know, a pastor wanting a hundred to yeah. do some premarital counseling and and the actual ceremony and try to bring God into the thing, and you know, heaven forbid that that happens, and and you know, same thing again with what we're saying with Jesus. What are we going to invest our time in our relationship with him doing? I think majority of our time should be in worship yeah. of him with each other um, because worship is not just going to church on Sunday. Worship right. is all of life. And, you know, I mean, except when we're sinning. Right. Well, what, what we said before, what you said before is that, you know, Sunday morning is in a sense just the beginning. Yeah. Sunday morning is necessary, but it's not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's Sunday morning that helps you with Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and so on and so forth. Because your 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 faith is not just meant to be lived within the four walls of a church building. 
No. Which I think we found out the past couple of weeks in quarantine. Well, right. I mean, that's, it's been amazing. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge numbers person when it comes to who's coming to church or who's viewing my, my you know, if you know, I'm doing a podcast or if I'm doing some kind of uh, Zoom thing or putting it online. But the numbers have multiplied tremendously. <laughs> People watching these online church services. I, I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. I, you know, I, I would think that people don't, would not want to substitute that for the real gathering uh, of people. Right. But, um, but, you know, I think that we need to be open to understanding that this whole thing with God, you know, I mean, we should be in awe of him. Yeah. A holy fear of yeah. God. And if it's just a relationship, I mean, we we can be really nasty in relationships. <laughs> and, you know, uh, blaming God for things that are probably our own fault uh, most of the time. Um, you know, just... I, in fact, I get, we can go back to the book of Job, and basically, you know, God basically says to Job when he starts questioning God, he says, "Well, where were you?" Yeah. You know, and I think that helps Job get back into the right focus of, yeah. "Oh, this is someone to be worshipped, to be yeah. treated in awe and reverence." A reverent relationship. How's that? There you go. <laughs> yeah. So Christianity is a relationship. But it's not merely a relationship. Right. It's a relationship that that sprouts and grows and affects everything else. Well, and on the other side, it's not just a religion either. Right. And it's right. Uh, you know it's it's that tension that seems to come up often in the Bible, a paradox, if you will. Yeah. Of you know, and and the the neat thing is Jesus gave us a way through the Holy Spirit. To do these things, yeah. To be involved in both and and be enriched by both the the religious aspect and the relational right. aspect of our faith. All right. Well, we're running a little out of time here. Well, we're okay. But um, <laughs> I did want to say that yeah, religion is not wrong. False religion is. Yes. Um, there's nothing wrong with with religion. We we referenced earlier James one twenty seven that. A pure religion is one that stays away from idols and that visits the fatherless and the widow. And uh, we certainly want to be Christians who are not in our holy little bunker and not so uh, enamored with, you know, and, oh, oh, let me throw this in. Okay, I want to throw this in before we're done. The problem with personal relationship with God is that it's usually a one-way relationship. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how uh, when I have my own personal walk with God, my own personal religion with God, or my relationship, excuse me, I didn't mean to say religion, um, God always agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, God always seems to be on my side. Yeah. And God always seems to conform to whatever preconceptions I have about what God should be. Mm-hmm. And so it's a one-sided, very subjective view of God that ignores Scripture and ignores the reality of of what God wants us to do. 
Yeah, I mean, all we know about God is what God has chosen to show us right. about God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, recommended resources. There's a couple of mention, he, he mentions here, and one I, I, I'd like to use. He did talk about the Jesus Storybook Bible. Like he quotes the Jesus Storybook Bible. He says, The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story from about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story. But a brave prince who leaves his palace has thrown everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has ever come true in real life. It takes the whole Bible to tell his, this story. At the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He, he is like a missing piece in a, in a puzzle. The piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly, you can see a beautiful picture. Um, we use the Jesus, Jesus Storybook Bible in our family devotions. In fact, just this morning, little Devante threw this book at me, hit my head, and said, read, read. So um, we read a little bit from the Jesus Storybook Bible even this morning. Um, and you can see Devante doing that, too. He's, yeah, we are. He's, he's, a, he's got a good arm, um, yeah. and it, hit, it hurt. But, um, so there's, and he also mentions um, Jefferson Bethke and a YouTube video. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Well, it was popular, about, I think, about 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, and uh, Jefferson Bethke continues ministry today. And the cool thing about Jefferson Bethke, and I, I didn't, I, but the basic gist of the video is Jesus is better than religion. And the content of what he said was good. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like that phrase. But he was cool enough to, uh, he came into my classroom via, I think it was Skype at the time. Okay. Talked to my kids. That was a pretty cool thing. So I, I, there's a special part of my heart for him because he was willing to come and talk to me. And that was when he was pretty big there for about 10 he had his 15 minutes of fame but anyway so we'll recommend jesus storybook bible of course unquestioned answers by jeff myers and also i think it, another book by myers which is good but the secret battles of ideas about god answers to life's biggest questions um i got that the fine people at summit ministries were nice enough to give that to me for free mm -hmm. um in fact they gave me three copies um it was at a christian uh teacher uh Conference. Conferences, yeah. So that was nice of him. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shout out for that. The wonderful <laughs> folks at uh, uh, Likes Sarah using those words, questions and answers. Yes. Huh? <laughs> All right. So uh, we're done. We're going to wrap it up here. So thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We can find our blog. You can find the writings of Ray Jewell. And as we're continuing the series on Revelation. So you don't want to miss out on that. Or jump on Facebook, our Facebook group, and you'll see um, Ray's writings on Isaiah, and, along with some other uh, various and random things. And, of course, our Instagram and Twitter at BasicBibleCast. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.